Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and this is a special evening, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the MC University Phase 4 Award Show. Happy to be here. Thrilled to be here. We do have a panel, so let's get to them. The super producer, Jake Christie's in the house. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be looking back at Phase 4. Yes, yes, as we put a bow and ribbon on it. We also have friend of the show, Cecilia Stokes. Cecilia's back. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing good. It's a little hectic. It's end of the semester and I turned 30 on Saturday, so this hey. is Hey. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. That's awesome. Uh, awesome. Br- br- close to bringing in your birthday with the pod. What a wonderful yes. day. To, what a wonderful right. way to celebrate. <laughs> also, we have our another friend of the show, Murphy's Multiverse, our guy, Hunter Radisi. Hunter, how you doing, man? You know, life life is busy, but I'm super glad to be here. AC, you and I talk about Phase 4 all the time, and now we get to do it in a way that people can hear, which is great. Yes, yes, and I just kind of want to start with this before we get into categories. Phase 4 has been such so interesting these last two years in the way that it's been discussed and analyzed and in a lot of ways overanalyzed. And partly because we've had so many projects. I think it's something like 17 or 18 when you count all the shows and and the movies together and shorts and special presentations and all of these things. So it's been fascinating to kind of see going back and kind of looking back at it as we go through these categories, like, huh, this is actually a lot more, a lot more interesting, entertaining, and better than I thought. But let's kind of jump into these categories. And I want to start with one of the ones that I had a hard time with. And that was favorite newcomer. The newcomer in phase four that you liked the most, that you were excited to see the most. Hunter, I'm going to start with you. Who was your favorite newcomer? Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, this one was hard. I had two characters I was going back and forth on a lot, and I I didn't really settle on my answer until probably today, um, thinking about it on the the train. But I got to go. I got to go with the great uh, Namor. I, I really do. I... Listen, I've talked about him. I talked about him a lot leading up to the release of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And I talked about him even more after the release of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I was in one of my press screenings and was loudly talking about how much I loved him. And the entire room just became one giant conversation about how much we all loved um, (laughs) that performance. So I got I got to stick with my brand and and go with that. I really do. I I will say uh Namor and everything that we saw from him it's it's not a choice that you can hate on it's it's a wonderful choice because i think when you think about his performance it was just so captivating and i said it when we did the black panther pod i was just like man if only like the unfortunate passing of chadwick boseman just I just imagined in my mind what scenes between those two would have been like, mm-hmm. and it would have just been so epic. So, like, I just think of, like, for this dude, and Jake has spoken to this before, for this dude to come in and just knock the doors off in his, fir- in his first uh, performance, 
um, in a film of this magnitude was just something special. But uh, let me throw it to Cecilia. Cecilia, who is your favorite newcomer? Yeah, so this category was actually probably the hardest one for me as well. I kept going back and forth on a few things. And I also didn't know how to, like, what to consider with being my favorite newcomer. Is it their potential? Was it their on-screen presence? Was it their, you know, what they did the story? There's, like, all these kinds of things that, for whatever reason, this category got me really stumped. But I I, I think, um, ultimately... I'm going to have to go with Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Everything from her little like facial expressions and her smirks and like what she can do with her, you know, eyes and stuff. I don't know. There's something about how she was just was being on screen that made me excited every time she was there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with She-Hulk. Okay. Yo, shout out to Jennifer Walters carried her show mm-hmm. it was her show mm-hmm. at the end of the day and had mm-hmm. quite the performance at the end is truly truly amazing stuff jake who do you got so i consider jennifer walters but i decided to give uh to, to i wanted to spread the wealth so it'd be more conversation because above all else i'm a good producer and so i decided <laughs> to uh go with I think that for what I think of a newcomer, I think of someone with energy who you're like excited to see. And I feel like Yelena Belova really is the Ooh. Victor Wembanyama of Phase mm. Four. Like, you know, Black Widow, she's playing on a bad Paris based team that no one really cares about, but she's got a lot of potential. You want to see how she does in the NBA slash the <laughs> Avengers movie. Um, I just feel like the, 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 fa- the fact that she was in both Black Widow, a movie that wasn't super well-liked, and Hawkeye, a series that was like generally liked but not loved. But so many people, I can tell you, in responses, mentioned Yelena. I think it just tells you like she ha- clearly had to do a lot because it's not like she's playing on, a good, on good teams. Um, and so, yeah, she just she killed it. And so she's my best newcomer for me. Jake, I cannot believe it, but you and I are on the same page. And I do have to say... That Namor <laughs> made a very, very strong push for me at the yeah. end there that made me really think about changing it. But I just think of the interplay between Yelena and Natasha throughout Black Widow and kind of the energy that, that Flopu came with. And the stuff with Kate Bishop and Hawkeye was just tremendous and just incredibly captivating. And there's like not much more you can say besides that. The energy just crackles and the the charisma just crackles. It just makes you want to see more of her. Mm-hmm. And thinking of when we see her get blipped, uh, blipped back in Hawkeye, mm-hmm. it was just so delightful to mm-hmm. see her story kind of play out and continue because you just love the character. So, yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely Elena was there. I'll, I'll throw it to all three of you guys. Was there was there an honorable mention that any of you felt like, huh? This person was like right there. That I yeah, was, and I, I do, do want to say what the one the most common one that was mentioned that we didn't name was uh, Miss Marvel, which I think is yeah. absolutely fair. She yes. was definitely up high on mine. Um, just so you know, big and expressive mm-hmm. and fun and great. Yeah, I I gotta agree with that. That was the one when I mentioned earlier. I was going back and forth between two. I like. I was having such a hard time choosing between Miss Marvel and Namor. And I think that uh, Cecilia mentioned like not knowing what to consider and thinking like, 
you know, the potential and all this stuff. And I think the potential aspect is one of the things that gets me with Namor is that like, mm-hmm. I think that he does so much in Wakanda forever, but we know so little about like what he could do with other characters and in other stories going forward that that just excites me so much. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that was kind of what pushed me over the edge with him. But Ms. Marvel was right there. So close. <laughs> so yeah, close for and- me. <laughs> right now, I actually, like, on my notes, that's his favorite newcomer, Kamala Khan. And, like, as I went to go say it, Jennifer Walters came out, and I was like, well, maybe this is just, like, ordained. But, yeah, it really was just, like, <laughs> the both of them. Um, <clears throat> yeah, she's definitely, definitely up there. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Kamala Khan, can, you could definitely make a case for her. Um, I I have a personal affinity for Jai Ling and and Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. Got to talk to her, mm-hmm. so that was pretty. So it was pretty cool. And she was also a badass in the film, so I want to see what she does next. And I, there was a part of me that just kind of wanted. There was a part of me in the back of my head, and I know it was just one performance that just wanted to say, "He who remains, Jonathan Major." Someone did uh, say yeah. it. Someone did but say I'm, it. I will but say I'm that. gonna okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna save. I'm gonna. I, I said, let me save it because I'll get to talk about it in full a little bit later in another category. <laughs> but as we continue on with the next category, favorite performance from an individual character. Mm. So obviously, this could take place in a movie, show, whatever you feel, mm. whatever type of performance you feel. Uh, Cecilia, I will start with you on this one. Who is your favorite individual performance? So I have I have several here, and because I think I have a feeling about where uh, you might be going with this one, I am going to go with another with the other of my two. I think that Tom Holland, specifically when he was beating the shit out of Osborne at the end, um, for whatever reason, that was such it was such like a a hinge moment for his character where there was like a very clear right now you have a decision to make and you either are going to kill this guy or not. And then he ultimately tried to and Toby Maguire stepped in. But I thought that the way that he carried that scene, I did not, I was not expecting that from him who still is so baby faced and Peter Parker is also so young and um, <clears throat> it took me to a completely different place emotionally than I thought I was going to get in the Spider-Man movie. So um, that's what I'm going to go with. Wow. And um, I'm going to jump the panel and say, yeah, that was mine. Oh, wow. And this was hard. Wow. <laughs> See, Cecilia, that's honestly, I was going to say when you're giving a preface, I'm like, don't try to anticipate other people's. It almost never works. And I'm glad I was proven right on the first time you tried to do it. So, <laughs> so I will say I, I will say this. There were there were two other performances that I considered. I considered He Who Remains. I considered mm-hmm. Angela Bassett's Queen Ramonda. I considered mm-hmm. both of those heavily. Mm-hmm. But I take myself back to when I first saw Spider Man No Way Home in the theater, and after losing Aunt May, that reaction that he gives to mm-hmm. that in that scene. Just take yourself back there and how he portrays that emotion to when uh, Maguire and Garfield show up and he's like, I don't even care anymore. Like you see this person has completely lost it. And man, you mentioned Cecilia, the the goblin scene 
uh, at the end. That's uh, that's an important one. And more so than anything else, the thing that is so underrated and in a lot of ways kind of like broke me towards the end is when he sees MJ in the donut store. And he has that look on his face where this dude became the Spider-Man that we know from the comics where he's holding on to his identity because he believes he has to sacrifice it for the greater good. That performance from Holland is something that I'm never going to forget in in terms of filming. There were so many things that happened in that film on its on itself. You have cameos here and there, all these villains and all this other stuff happening. But Holland's performance makes that movie what mm-hmm. it is. And that's that's just the facts. Mm-hmm. So uh Cecilia, yes, and we were we were in agreement on that one. Yeah. Uh Jake, who's your favorite individual performance? So this is where I plugged in Tatiana Maslani because I think you could make the argument that at least with the TV shows, she had one of the hardest jobs. And that seems counterintuitive because it's a comedy. But I think that so much of that show is rested on her. She has to ground every single thing back into a real human moment. And like, if that's not in the script, that is entirely a performance thing. And I think that she just really surprised me in a lot of ways. And like the way that it functioned as just a single woman in her thirties at work comedy at times is something that like, I thought that they were going to like make feints to and not actually accomplish, but the fact that she all did do that on a lot of occasions, I think is almost entirely because of her. I think that I'm, and I mentioned this on the podcast that despite of all the hand wringing about the quality of the CGI, I think some of the way that she was able to get a lot of her expressiveness through the CGI is something that is no small feat. It's not automatic. There's been a lot of performances of people who get lost in the CGI. And I think she clearly understood the technology. She took it really seriously. And so, like, when I think of a performance, I, you know, shouts to her. And I think that she, I think it's comedy acting is very easy to underrate. And I think that she really nailed it. And she nailed it when she wasn't doing comedy. And she nailed it when she needed to make eyes at Daredevil. She just nailed it on every, she nailed the Daredevil. I mean, it's just, it's easy. <laughs> well said. Good job. Very well said. <laughs> um, Hunter, who you who you got as favorite individual performance? Uh, honestly, anyone who knows me would say it's a miracle I did not pick a Spider-Man character for this. Um <laughs> Because I, I talk about Spider-Man probably more than anything else in my life. Um, but this is where I I spread my love a little bit. And, you know, I didn't say Miss Marvel for favorite newcomer. So I put, you know, Miss Amon Vellani as uh, Kamala Khan yep. it, right here in this category. Because I think that in terms of, like, understanding the assignment and mm-hmm. just fully embodying the character that you're trying to portray very few people in the mcu's phase four did that as well as she did i mean out of the gate like that was the character from the comics just existing in live action which so rarely does a a casting work that well on so many levels and the fact that she maintained that and in a lot of ways i mean i really liked the show miss marvel for everything that it was but i was just so excited to see her performance every single week and mm-hmm. and for me that that really like put her put her over the edge um and that i mean that's saying something when you have like oscar isaac is playing multiple characters in one show which was yeah. a fantastic performance in in so many ways mm-hmm. but just like mm-hmm. seeing him on Volani 
who none of us even knew before this show come out of left field and just nail it so hard was so exciting for me. I, I thought that was so fun, and I had to give her the shout for that. No, no, I mean, you can't say enough about what Aman was able to do in this show, carrying it in a lot of ways, and and to your point, Hunter, just kind of coming through as the comic book character that yeah. we know and love. And Jake mentioned it when we were doing Miss Marvel Pods, but it's very difficult to just kind of come in and be that person immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that this person is somebody and being so young at that as well. It's like you think about Tom Holland when he first shows up in Civil War and it's like, wow, this is on par to that. So like for, for when you think about it from that perspective. And the big difference though, the thing is that Tom Holland, you know, was uh, a, a star on the West End when he was 11. Amon Milani yeah. had never, you know what I mean? Like that I think yeah. is the thing that I, I think it's very, I think people draw a straight line, but like she was a huge fan of the comics. And so she just stepped in and put the comics on stream. But it's like, no, acting is hard. Acting is not. Yeah, it's not just, that easy. Because <laughs> if, if acting was easy, then like, writers would star in all their own movies because they know the characters really well. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so the fact that she not, isn't just playing um, Kamala Khan really well, she is acting well is the thing that was even most surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, were there, were there any other honorable mentions? Um, I appreciate Hunter mentioning Oscar Isaac for what yeah. he did in Moon Knight, because that was impressive stuff. So- the fans, the one that came up a couple times to the fans was Elizabeth Olsen. Obviously, I think we should give her flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, she really is incredible. Someone said uh, for both the film and TV performance, Wong is the answer for both. And I think that that's a fair thing to say. Absolute Wong. Um, <laughs> Wong's a legend out here in these streets. Yeah. And a couple of people gave him. A couple people gave honorable mentions to Andrew Garfield in No Way Home, which I think is a fair yeah. thing to give him because he's not in it enough to really get the full award. But I think that he really is like, you know, he's he was for his time. He had he had a very high PER. I'll put it that way. Yes, yes. Uh, did you did you either you Hunter or Cecilia have any honorable mentions? I know Hunter, you mentioned Moon, Moon, uh, yeah. Oscar Isaac. For me, honestly, it was probably Oscar Isaac and, and Tom Holland. So I, both of those are already out there. So I think I've, I've said my piece on that. Okay, sounds good. How about you, Cecilia? Yeah, I had. Um, I also considered Oscar Isaac, and um, I had Elizabeth Olsen, but also Paul Bettany um, because ah, yes. I, he was doing a similar thing where he had to like take on a bunch of different types of acting, and then he also had to act with himself convincingly mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. end in like crazy makeup and so um yeah i actually i put both of them on there as well um uh, i will go honorable mention uh tony leung uh from, from oh, shang chi i thought mm-hmm. so uh, when you go back to the flashback when you see how mm-hmm. how his his wife dies and like just how crestfallen he is and how he instantly turns back into that evil person and the way that he talks to sean saying you left your mom to die it's like yo oh wow okay we go in somewhere else with this it's just stuff like that and how how like obsessed he was with getting his wife back i, th- I thought that was a very very good um uh good performance there but yeah it's just a lot of a lot of great performance that's the thing again phase four for all of its critiques like there's a lot a lot of really good performances a lot of good character work 
<laughs> yeah, character work. Letitia Wright, Wakanda yep. Forever. Yep. You gotta give her give her, her flowers for that. Just tremendous stuff. And man, it's a, it's a lot. But let us let us uh, uh move forward as the next thing we will do is favorite action scene. Mm. Some good action scenes. Some really, mm-hmm. really good action scenes. I have and, the most basic answer, so can I go first? Just because it's like it is the elevator fight of this phase. Yes, <laughs> the Shang Chi bus fight is, I think, just one yeah. of the best things the MCU's ever done. Action, yeah. Um, and I just want to get because I feel like, like I said, it's the obvious answer, but I really like I rewatched clips of it when I was deciding, and I'm like, this is actually like really inventive because I, I I'm cr- more critical of the MCU's action than basically anything else the MCU does. Um, yeah. And this was a time where it really felt like they got real craftsmen in there, and seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff, like it really felt like they choreographed it. It wasn't like a mm-hmm. uberly previous thing. It was very much a we're getting real fight choreogra- choreographers. We're giving shout outs to old Jackie Chan movies with you know the thing with his jacket, and so. Great stuff, both funny and, you know, thrilling at the same time. And so the Shang-Chi bus fight, a bunch of other people said it. Uh, I basically just said that I think that chocolate is good, but it is. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. Great stuff from you, Jake. Hunter, what was your favorite action scene? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know if this is going to be, like, controversial or not, but I I feel like it's it's not something I even expected when I wrote it down. Uh, And then I Mm rewatched and was like, no, I'm pretty confident in this for myself as a person. Um, Listen, I really liked most of the infinity Ultron stuff from what if, but him versus the guardians of the multiverse and tangentially him versus the watcher was like, wow. was like really solid stuff for me. And I listen, I have an affinity for animated animated pro- i just love animation so like yeah. i love watching that stuff in general but i also think that as much as i love like the live action fight choreography and like fully appreciate all of the hard work and like everything jake just said about shang chi all of that is so true but i also mm-hmm. love an animated action sequence that just can go full anime if it wants to mm-hmm. and do some really really cool stuff without certain limitations and and just seeing i also love ultron so seeing him in like a prominent action sequence with such a wacky collection of characters and some of the cool unique stuff they got to do like you know sinister strange just puking out like a cthulhu monster at him Mm -hmm. mid-fight and then him (laughs) you know dropping an infinity stone and killmonger picking it up and you have a captain carter shield flying around in the it's just visually every time i watch it i'm so stunned and i i love it i love it so much and i you know what if it doesn't get talked about a lot and it's not high in a lot of the rankings which i think is dessert like i don't it's not my favorite mcu project ever but those the, mm-hmm. the action sequences in those last couple episodes for me really really hit home and i wanted to give it a shout and this is my chance so i did <laughs> to, to your to your point on that hunter I even thought Thor versus Captain Marvel was right. a lot of fun I, that too. That was in my consideration. I was like, I can't just say all f- like most of the fights from What If because yeah. <laughs> that's just that's ridiculous. Right. But I, I narrowed it down no, to like the you, climactic but... one. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely for for, for sure. Um, Jake, uh, how about you? What, what I you got already for- gave my oh. answer first. Oh wait, I'm bugging. I'm bugging. I'm bugging. I'm bugging. Does it happen so? It happens no, so fast. No, I was just oh, keep asking Jake. He has to give a different answer every time. Yes, yeah. see what happens. Uh, apologies. Uh, watch the agenda. This is this is a little past my bedtime. Cecilia, <laughs> what uh, what you call it? Uh, what's your favorite action scene? Yeah, this one was actually my uh, my favorite one of my favorite categories to think about. I 
settled mm-hmm. on the fian- uh, the piano fight scene between the Doctor Strange. Good choice. That's that the right one, answer. Yeah, that one was. I think that um, I know Doctor Strange. Multiverse of Madness got a lot of hate. I mm-hmm. have actually rewatched it multiple times since. I'm like it. Same. It keeps up. Quite. I enjoy it every time. So um, I like that. And that's a good theme, movie. It just it feels <laughs> pure play like it just mm-hmm. felt like a child's looking around a room and is like i'm gonna take this and this and this and we're gonna fight with it and i enjoyed that kind of like childlike element of play and imagination in an otherwise very dark film and especially that setting is incredibly dark and very gothic and so i i could tell that sam Raimi was playing with the kind of what the horror genre and horror tropes and things like that can do on screen and like these sorts of ways of thinking that it opens up. So I really enjoy that. And also I will say that the second time that I watched it, (laughs) my husband, dear husband had a a few hits of his pen and I thought that his eyes were going to just like Mm -hmm. (laughs) skull when he watched that scene. He was like, this is the best movie I've should. ever seen in my life, and mm-hmm. this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, hard eyes all around. Yeah, shout out, to, yeah, shout out to Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, the note, the note scene was in my honorable mention is like top because that was just so enjoyable. Me too. Um, I'm gonna go with something a little meat and potatoes here. I thought when Peter is. Looking around, trying to figure out when his spider sense is going off, what's happening. And then you get that turn from the Green Goblin. And then we're seeing wrestling moves <laughs> in, 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 the, in the apartment mm-hmm. building. And Peter's punching Goblin in the face and he's, he's just laughing at him. And then it all, it's just, it was very physical. And it just, and it it's led raw. to Aunt May's death. Wrong. Yes, very raw. Mm-hmm. That was my, that was my favorite where it's like, you felt like the, the, not only the action, but the stakes kind of kicked up a notch in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that would definitely be mine. I enjoyed that scene so much. Every time I watch him, like, damn, it, it does kind of feel like it had, it had that, that Captain America Winter Soldier, like physical fight vibe type of thing to it so yeah that was definitely mine um i thought uh, an underrated one was just like a little favorite of mine was hawkeye i think Mm -hmm. episode three where they're escaping oh that's escaping the mob someone did say that 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 was an answer joey d and he gets (laughs) oh (laughs) and he gets to use the pim arrow Mm -hmm. uh that that was that that's a that's a nice little callback um, for me as well, and uh, yeah, the the Shang Chi bus scene is great. Mm-hmm. The the Shang Chi, the where they're in the fight, the fight club on the mm-hmm. outside, uh, ha- hanging mm-hmm. hanging around and stuff like that. That was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's a bunch, but I'll go with I'll go with Spidey. So, but any other honorable mentions? Well, so I'm gonna get, so the, the the some of the highlights I highlighted from fans, uh, <laughs> Shang Chi versus Pops. Someone said I mostly that was OG Trace said that, which I mostly just like the way that that's written. <laughs> uh, Okoye versus Atuma, I think is a good mm-hmm. fight. That's definitely the highlight mm-hmm. oh, yeah. of uh, Wakanda Forever. And then at Planet Roxy puts it, and I'm gonna read this verbatim. The Dora Milaje handing out ass whoopings to Walker, Lamar, Sam, and Bucky. <laughs> Yo, that's very uh, underrated. The way Bucky looks at Io afterwards when she just like 
unarms him, de-arms him. Oh mm-hmm. my god! They got packed up. So, is what happened. Yeah. Yes, John Walker <laughs> was so embarrassed he took that steroid cocktail. He was like, "I, I can't do this no John more." John Walker spends most oh. of his existence embarrassed about something, so mm-hmm. I feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so that's a lot, a lot of a lot of really fun action scenes. But uh, we move on to the next category, and this was um, this is one of my favorites. Uh, biggest disappointment. Mm. Mm. Could be show, could be movie, could be plotline. Any specific one. Uh, Cecilia, I will start with you on this one. What was your biggest disappointment? Um, So in my notes, I have um, insert Mephisto joke here. So (laughs) (laughs) there's that. Correct. Um, So this one, um, maybe it's, it's a little bit cheap, but I really, really... I wasn't a fan of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I think that the what was supposed to be the climactic scene of like seeing Falcon as Captain America for the first time and then you know the infamous Pepsi speech that he gives was like just a major disappointment cuz and I know that blah 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 third act problems mm-hmm. etc but that one it it <clears throat> it felt different and it felt more disappointing um, than just like a, well, they missed the Marco well kind of a thing. Um, yeah, I I just, I have never felt more flat after. Flat, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, love yeah. I mean, listen, flat. you. Okay, you mm-hmm. writes note. Cecilia, you've listened to the show, so you kind of already know. You, you're speaking to people who are, yeah. uh, are kind of on your, on your wavelength. So flat, with, sort with, of like uh, uh, pieces that. in the game of checkers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Salute to Howard Bryan on that one. Um, uh, yeah, Hunter. So, what wh- what would you say is your fi- your biggest disappointment? Uh, oh, AC. Uh, I gotta I gotta give the Eternals a shout here. Yeah, um, same. Hey, yeah, I go. I had a feeling this might be a popular choice. Uh, maybe my most popular choice that I have written down of all my answers, but. I was uh, I was on fully on board the Eternals hype train before it came mm-hmm. out. Even when you know they were releasing those clips beforehand and people were making fun of them relentlessly online, I was still I was still on the train. I was still ready mm-hmm. to go see this movie. I was really excited about the potential. I at, truthfully, I actually had read like the Jack Kirby comics, the Neil Gaiman run. Like I I really liked the early Eternal stuff in the comics, and I thought the potential that it had was so massive and then they just stacked this cast with such such faces and names and talent and then you know you get Chloe uh, Zhao as director and No Man Land was so good so I'm just thinking like you know people are sleeping on it but it's gonna come out and everyone thinks it's gonna be bad but like I was Mm -hmm. so sure it was gonna be Uh good Mm -hmm. at least Uh (laughs) yeah and I, I was burned. And I don't think it's like the worst movie I've ever seen. I know some people I feel I like either. overreacted. Yeah. Maybe it was because yeah. they were so excited before it came out. I think it has redeeming qualities. I enjoy I enjoy large parts of it. It was just my my hopes for it were so high that when I saw it and it was kind of just like a, a middling movie and, and you know so much yeah it was just it was just all right and yeah. mm-hmm. for me just all right was such such a massive blow mm-hmm. to my expectations mm-hmm. and and i hope i still like those characters i i think that in 
there's still potential for them to be really cool and to have really fun mm-hmm. stories involving them in the future. And I do hope that they come back I someday. Um, but I just, I wish that, you know, there was like an Eternals 2 being fast tracked and that the movie itself was a little more colorful and a little more like Kirby-esque and a little more, yeah. you know, adventurous and, and fun. And, but yeah, I, yeah. So Eternals, cause it ended up just being very mid and I was hoping it would be top tier. Yeah. 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 Just no. Just note on that. I like. I feel like if they structure that movie a little bit differently, then I feel like it would have popped mm-hmm. more. I think when you do something with so many characters, it is very hard yeah, yeah. to get across a story that that feels cohesive mm-hmm. and something that you want to be invested in. It's hard to invest in like ten main yeah. characters. That's a lot. So I, I, I get that. Yeah, and my but my yeah, answer was specifically the basicness of the script for Eternals. Because like while I, I definitely think that the complaints about it not being colorful like comics are completely founded. But frankly, I think that like Chloe Joe had a visual idea for the movie and I think that it's kind of consistent. And I think there are a lot of shots in it that are more beautiful than most things that are in Marvel. She definitely had ideas. Yeah. She had ideas visually that I think work it just is that like it's not just that the script had some cookie cutter mcu problems it had all of them like it really was like every single thing that people criticize the mcu for being too generic about it was done to a t in eternals in a way that was like not interesting and i feel like the problem to me is if you have a movie with that many characters in it some of them have to be not important, but I think because the MCU is so concerned about lore and so concerned about setting up stuff in the future, you really can't do that. But it's like, I'm sorry, like, there are a lot, there actually are, like, there are three Ocean's Eleven movies. You don't know that much about, <laughs> you don't know that much about the computer guy or about the contortionist, because you can't. Sorry, like, that's kind of the way it is. Uh, yeah. And so I think that once you make the decision of, like, these are all important characters, I'm like, well, you're shit out of luck. You can't really do that. Um, and so, yeah, I want, I remember I said at one point when it was being developed right after Chloe Zhao won the Oscar, I said that Eternals was going to have the highest Rotten Tomato score of any MCU movie. And I was, what's the word wrong. <laughs> I was yeah. very wrong. You, you and me both, buddy. I, I listen, I really took this fight to the streets. Like I was, I was in person with people. Yeah. Waiting for this movie before it came out and uh-huh. talking about how much potential I had. And then it came out and I had to just sit there quietly and think about it for so long. Mm-hmm. It was it was sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, especially for, I mean, damn, that movie was two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, geez. More bloated than me but, on a yeah, wing for... night. <laughs> I also think like to put it in context, Eternals yeah. is, was the first movie that I ever got to do press stuff for. So you would think yeah, that because right. of that, it would it would have some sort of special place in my heart and like it kind of does but i think it speaks volumes that it it doesn't <laughs> like to to how yeah. that turned out you know i kind of mm-hmm. I, I feel that way with shang chi uh, shang chi kind of like does have a little bit of a bolster for me because i did press stuff for it so like it felt it felt different right. in in that type of way but um but yeah for disappointment I want to go two honorable mentions because I feel like they have to be said. I remember where I remember we talked mm-hmm. about this at the time when it happened, but I thought the Moon Knight finale like could have been so much better. Mm-hmm. Once you do, once you do the the fake out, we don't know who the third personality is a couple of times. On that third time, we should see we should see the fights. We should see yep. him putting hands <laughs> on people. And that and that last fight ended. In a blink of an eye, everything was over. And it was just like, what happened? Now, granted, Jake Lockley at the end was pretty cool. But still, like, I would have liked to see 
I would have liked to see him fight. Like, like legitimately fight. That would have been cool. But and also, listen, the WandaVision finale, I think with because of the way that the first eight episodes set everything up and made you feel like, ooh, what are we getting in terms of like tension and mystery mm-hmm. and all of that other stuff? It did it did end a little flatter than than you would have wanted and would have expected at that point. So I would say that's another honorable mention. But my actual disappointment is one that I've been consistent on this entire time uh, during phase four. It's like episode five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You have this wonderful action scene between Bucky, Sam and John Walker. They are fighting literally almost to the death Mm -hmm. over the shield. People are bleeding. Arms get dislocated. There's a whole lot of fights. And then they decide in episode six to default John Walker to make him an anti-hero instead of doing something strong with the character the end of episode four into the beginning of episode five is actually really good Mm -hmm. they actually did really good work and they kind of bailed on it Mm -hmm. for a story that was it's it's weak i don't want to see them i want to see bucky sam and john walker giving each other head nods and shaking hands and shit like that (laughs) after you fight to the death what kind what what is that that that's Mm -hmm. that to me the john walker the handling of the john walker character i would say is my biggest disappointment because they had it right and then they just said "Eh, yeah we're not gonna do that um let me let me read some of the ones that highlight submission wise soma did say the moon knight one where they didn't get deep enough um there was uh, people generally, you know, Thor, Love, and Thunder came up. Yeah. Some people didn't really like Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. My actual honorable mention was going to be my troll answer was going to be uh, I was disappointed in people not understanding why Multiverse of Madness is good. But that was that's too <laughs> um, But you're also not wrong. <laughs> that's I, guess, I, guess, like, I think it's because I watched all of Sam Raimi's movies beforehand. And I'm kind of yeah. like, uh, Cecilia, what you were saying during the music fight where it's like, it's scary, but it's also silly. I'm like, yes, that is why the man, that is why this quiet yeah, man from Michigan is one of the most successful directors of all time because he understands that. But anyway, yeah, the best answer that we got was Caleb Landmaster, friend of the show, oh, no. said his biggest disappointment <laughs> was what if getting greenlit for season two? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Salute to Caleb. Oh my goodness. But yeah. Yeah, there's a, definitely a few disappointments. We'll see if they improve upon those in Phase 5 as it continues. And let's go to favorite post credit scene. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of fun ones. Mm-hmm. Um, some ones that also didn't make sense. That Doctor Strange one yeah. still yeah. blows yeah. me for a loop. It's just so <laughs> random. It's just so random. But... What Jake? What say you? What's your favorite post credit? Captain scene? America Four. <laughs> 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 I mean, oh man! Uh, what do you want me to say? No, no, no. That's, that's I mean, no, no, no more. <laughs> that was it. That was perfect. I'm so glad I went first. <laughs> that, yeah. No, that was perfect. That was perfect. Um, uh, Hunter, how about you? What what you got? I gotta go with Black Panther Wakanda Forever's uh, mid-credit scene there. I think that yeah, I have been up in the air on Marvel's post-credit scenes for a little while now just because I feel like they often feel forced 
now and they're either i don't mind when they're a joke like if it's yeah. a really solid joke that's movies have done that for before the mcu like mm-hmm. i'm totally okay with that that's fun um but like you brought up the multiverse of madness one i think that is like the epitome of the mcu just being like we got to set up something and we have to have some sort of after credit scene or people will hate us so we're gonna put yeah. like you know bruce campbell's after credit scene was so much funnier in mm-hmm. every single way um shout yeah. to pizza papa Sounds yeah, exactly. Um, who, by the way, stole my idea for ball shaped pizza? But well, that's a that, that's a different story for a different time. Yeah. Um, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever's mid credit scene felt earned, and it mm-hmm. felt like it actually had a reason to exist, which I really liked. And I mean, it helped that I was crying through it mm-hmm. every time <laughs> that I saw it. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it was very beautiful. And I, I think that when I was watching it, it mattered. And the fact that that happened and then they didn't do a second post credit scene, like that scene alone mm-hmm. was enough that they were like, we don't have to do a forced like post credit, post credit mm-hmm. joke scene because this is powerful enough on its mm-hmm. own. That for me just automatically earns it top, top mid credit scene spot. Um, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. No, absolutely. And I will I will go here because I, I feel the same. Um when that when you get the memories of Chadwick as as Shuri is staring off into the distance with the sun and you get the Rihanna song and at that point like the movie just kinda hits you like an emotional sledgehammer. It just does. Mm. And it's and like you're you're recovering a bit as the credits play and then you get this scene and it's in all of that sadness and all of that heaviness of the movie, and then obviously Queen Ramonda dying too, that's just like, this, this movie's like a really heavy. But then you get this... It's a catharsis. This moment of yeah. hope. Yes, it's yes, it's catharsis. It's hope. It's when you see Toussaint and kind of like the positivity that he brings and the fact that we saw him earlier in the film and they kind of alluded to him a couple of times and you don't, you don't think about it until after the fact. Um, It was just, it was as beautiful as could be from an emotional standpoint. And it, yeah, it hits home for me more than, more than anything else did. I will give a slight nod from a, from, from another standpoint, just one that I actually really enjoyed is, is after Black Widow, where it's Val and Yelena um, at at the at Natasha's grave. I thought that was I thought that was well done, and um, the 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 little Hawkeye stinger at the end that was like, oh, okay, that this feels like it's going to be something mm-hmm. interesting, and it ended up turning to be something interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's th- those are the two for me that I'll say. Uh, Cecilia, how about well, you? Well, Jake stole mine, <laughs> um, well, but I will <laughs> I will also say though. Um, I, when I was thinking about this, I realized I could not remember most of them. And so I am kind of- They were bad at, this time. They were bad this time. Right? Yeah. 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 And they were, a lot were, of them were, were really Not all of them were great. Yeah. And so I think I, I realized, yeah. I was like, you know, I always look forward to them when I'm in the theater. But when mm-hmm. I'm at home, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll look this up on YouTube later. Yeah. And I know. Um, I they think the- doing what they need to. The problem with the post credit scenes- in this phase in a lot of ways is I feel like a post-credit scene needs to, if it's a funny one that put that aside, but one that is for setting stuff up, 
Mm-hmm. It has it introduces a new element, but I think it needs to be tethered to something that's actually in the movie. And the big problem with the Doctor Strange one with uh, Charlize Theron is that it is completely unrelated. To, it's not set up in any way. Whereas the Black Panther one is set up in it's never really explained why Nakia is in Haiti. And like it is tethered to an idea that is already mm-hmm. in the movie and it's introducing mm-hmm. a new thing on top of it. And same thing yeah. with even the Black Widow one, like it's not completely introduced, but it's not a surprising thing that Yelena's on her own and she's sad. And then the new thing it introduces is the Hawkeye thing. I feel like when you try to uh, bring in something out of whole cloth, that instead of being like, that caused this, and when the post credit scene is instead a, and then this happened, like it just doesn't work because yeah. that's bad storytelling. Also, I'll, also, I'll say, and I, I completely forgot about this, but yeah, Shang-Chi's mid-credit scene was also yeah. fire because yeah. it's like, it, it has that tetheredness with the rings and kind of learning, oh, there's a beacon, what's happening with that? You see Avengers in it. You see Captain Marvel. You see Bruce Banner and, and Wong there, too. So you kind of get you get that little mix of, oh, this feels a little bit bigger than your regular thing. And then you get the karaoke at the end. So that part, like, all add all of that together. That Speaking was, of Wong, was... someone did say Wong and Madison, by the way. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. going to be an honorable for me in terms of funny. I also feel like... In terms of talking about Phase Four post-credit scenes, to bring back Eternals for a second, I don't even know if it's good or bad. I just really want to throw out there the Dane Whitman randomly hearing yeah. Blade's voice with no explanation, and then we never no follow yeah. no follow up on that at all. If, if the Blade movie never happens, that would be the funniest thing in the world. That's what I'm saying. I, we're gonna see how this plays out. Yeah. <laughs> Eternal and people also mentioned oh, Wanda oh, yeah. with the Darkhold was another one that people liked. The Jake Lockley reveal people liked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was, they didn't, they, they definitely were worse than they used to be. I'll say that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There was a, only a few standouts there. All right. So let's go to favorite overall scene. What was your favorite scene of phase four? Cecilia, I will start with you. My favorite scene was the spider-man's portals yeah yeah where i just like sat there in the theater with my arms above my head like i was at a Mm -hmm. sporting event or something Mm -hmm. just going yes Mm -hmm. yes 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 the whole (laughs) time i yeah i i whenever i'm in a, a in a sad way uh that is one of those like little sparks of joy that i go to i'm like remember that time where mm-hmm. andrew mcguire um andrew mcguire andrew garfield mm-hmm. put up uh in you know <laughs> ned's mom's kitchen living room that was great mm-hmm. and so perfect moment um it is a perfect that moment and i like to relive it <laughs> every now and then so <laughs> No, that's really a, that's a definitely a good one. Uh, Jake, uh, how about my you? actually is the later Peter scene on the scaffolding, but truly mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with any of them. I, I and this was the most common answer that people gave, yeah. and you know we're a bunch of we're all corny and we like when the Spider Men interact with each other, you know. Absolutely. Yes, yes, for sure. How yeah, about you, Hunter? It's the, it's the Peters on the scaffolding, and th- this is where I had to throw in my my Spider Man because I have no other Spider Man on this list, and that that felt wrong, and also like. It's probably the scene I go back and we'll just I'll just watch it on YouTube. Like if if I'm away from home and don't have access to the movie, I'll I'll just throw it on for funsies. I I enjoy it all too much. And also, 
I'll say this is one of two spots on this list where I kind of eat my previous words for something like before it came out where I, I was very much, this is surprising to even me. I wasn't super buying into the idea of all three Spider-Men in, in this movie. I really liked what I felt like the previous two movies set up with, you know, I don't know what they were actually going to do, but I really liked the idea of just focusing on Tom Holland and letting him have his trilogy. And I was really nervous about all three of them. And I was very vocally nervous about all three of them being in one movie. And then the second I was sitting in the theater and all three of them were just talking about their lives as Spider-Man and joking around and being themselves, the inner, the inner eight-year-old inside of me just leapt out and I mm -hmm. could have started crying. And I was like, you know mm -hmm. what? I was completely wrong. This is incredible. And I wouldn't change it for the world. So this, mm -hmm. this that's where it ends up on my list. Yeah. 20 years of 20 years <laughs> of comic book so comic book film uh, fandom on the yeah. screen right there like if you really think about that it's just historic <laughs> no I, I'm glad all of y'all said Spider-Man it makes me feel easy to choose something else <laughs> um, listen episode 6 of Loki <sighs> yeah he who remains <laughs> with Sylvie and Loki the, the whole thing like if you just I don't care if you want to not show uh, Miss Renslayer and Hunter B-15, Mobius. Nah, keep me right there with everything that's happening there. Because I think, one, we didn't know for sure if we were going to get Majors in it. And then we see him. And then he's just completely acting his mm -hmm. ass off. And... By the way, DiMartino and Hiddleston are awesome in the show, and he makes them look like they're regular people. And it's just just incredible stuff. And then what you what you don't realize when you're watching it, and Marvel did a did a great thing with the way that they opened that episode with kind of showing high uh, uh, audio highlights of the entire the entire MCU to that point. You don't realize how consequential this is to everything in terms of what's happening going forward and stuff like that. So Sylvie's choice, uh, Loki really showing that he's changed and Sylvie mm -hmm. rejecting that. And he who remains telling them, Hey, I'm giving you this chance. You could go run, run off and run the TVA. Everything will be fine. If you kill me here, it's going to be bad for you guys. And Sylvie does it anyway. And then when she realizes what she does at the end, oh, chef's kiss. Perfect. The nerd in me thinking about Kang and his arrival, all of that was just perfect. So I will go with Loki episode six, He Who Remains, Loki and Sylvie. But yeah, I'll throw the Spider-Man stuff. Definitely, um, That was I, uh, those scenes were good. Um, I think... I think just random because nobody mentioned it yet. Wanda waxing. That was an honor. Really that was one of the fans like... suggested that. Um, I want to give a shout out. Uh, to, I will uh, also uh, say honor. Fully spectrumed said that. So great minds. Also in WandaVision, <laughs> yes. I, I don't remember which episode. Please don't crucify me for that. But when um, she, when Monica first kind of like is showing hints of realizing that Wanda is Mm -hmm. going a little bit crazy mm -hmm. and then there's that moment where you as a as a viewer see that she mm -hmm. is wi like willingly in this reality mm -hmm. and then it snap oh three. the end yes, of three yeah three three yeah, three it's like three. the 70s episode where she's pregnant uh -huh. and gives birth in one that that ending scene i remember blowing me away and, and as i did not shut up about when it happened 
The yeah, aspect ratio really, really change. Good. The aspect ratio change. Just it was like, really, really good. It's just like it's like truly. <laughs> I don't even. It's I. I. There's no. There's no non NC seventeen words I can use to describe how it makes me feel. So I just love it. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that was mentioned at some point. Yeah, um, I will also. No, you should I'll also yeah. throw in yeah. the mix. Um. Daredevil and She-Hulk. Yeah, um, I, I have oh, oh, hospital mentioned, but I didn't know which one of the scenes to pick. That was so my thing. Did you, did you like, like She-Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> I said all of the scenes between Daredevil and She-Hulk because, yeah, that kind of really was. <laughs> no, I mean, if they like, Jay, I know Jake was looking for particular ones. No, them flirting. Yeah, like, oh, that's right the best one. They going yeah. in to yeah. bite. That that part where it's like, oh, I can uh, hear your heartbeat. And then she, <laughs> and then yeah. Her reaction to it is so good. I, I work, just, and I that scene love, is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Make me want to go watch I'm that so episode good. again. Um, but 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 yeah, there's a yeah, there's a lot of lot of great scenes. Like yeah, Spider Man No Way Home had so many. Um, yeah, mentioned Doctor Strange, WandaVision. I would say even episode four. Um, Monica like mm-hmm. coming back yeah. from the from the snap. That was a mm-hmm. great scene to open that episode. Um Wanda f- uh, flipping off uh at at the what you call it? What is it? What what do they call those people? Uh I even forgot sword? the dude that I hated in that show. Uh, yeah, Tyler sword. Hayward. Yeah, sword. Uh you pulled Tyler Hayward. Hayward. Yeah, I look at you. That was really good. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I was bu- I was put on earth to do th- two things, to chew bubble gum and have good pulls. And I'm all <laughs> Yeah, man. So that's so some some very good stuff overall um when you think about mm-hmm. scenes. So like a lot of rich stuff that when you really think back and look at everything. But we are moving now to Favorite movie and show. Let's start with favorite series. There were a lot of series in the last two years, and a lot to choose from. The uh, interesting choice, and and Jake, I'll start with you. This was what the was hardest one series? because I think, in it, I I still don't know. I have Loki written down, but I can say I think Loki is the best one. But I can say that She Hulk and Tony Long made me happiest. So I don't know what to do with that. I'm just gonna put that out there. I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Well, that's why it's listed. Yeah, so as She-Hulk favorite, was because, because it, it was everything. It, in... it was the thing I wanted the MCU to do yeah. forever. I just I wanted them to do a workplace comedy in the MCU forever, and they did it, and it was good. I. What do you want me to say? Yeah, hey, nothing wrong with that. It's not. It's not a bad choice at all. Hunter, how about you? What was your oh, favorite? Man. I've been so series? nervous about this <laughs> since we started <laughs> because. Okay, listen. If if I'm gonna give a technical yes. answer then it's it's the other part where I eat it. And this is also what I have written down, which is Loki. Because I, I think that Loki was the best all around from beginning to end. I think yeah. it was very consistent. I Agreed. think it had more ups than downs. And I didn't want a Loki solo project in phase four because I, I, yeah, I was, it, it just I don't think felt, any of I was like, did. why are we wasting a spot on, on this when there's so many cool characters? Um, and then I ended up just loving the show from beginning to end. So I had Loki written down, but, Oh man, I'm, I'm really nervous to say this out loud. But listen, this show made me really happy, and I'm not going to back away from it. Hawkeye, I like Hawkeye. Yes, a lot. And I know. Listen, okay, okay, good, good. Because I, Hawkeye, Hawkeye's great. Time. Like turned on Hawkeye a lot, and I will be the first to admit, like it has flaws, and I, it's not a perfect show. But I just 
I was so excited to watch a new episode of Hawkeye every week, and I love Haley Steinfeld's show. So much fun, and I, I like my family loved it. Like we had family mm-hmm. bonding moments mm-hmm. over how much we loved the Christmas Hawkeye series, and yeah, I'm sticking with Hawkeye. I love it, and I still want a season two announcement. And I don't care what anyone tells me; <laughs> I, I really do. No, it's absolutely <laughs> yeah. TV. Yeah. Some people forget that TV can be fun, and Hawkeye was just yeah. really fun. Yeah, and that's that's really all I wanted out of it, and I think that it took the best elements from the Fraction run and, and ran with them, and I, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved Cheesy Kingpin. I loved I loved Vincent D'Onofrio coming out in his Hawaiian shirt and just, like, throwing people through walls. Like, I just, I loved it. It made me so happy. That was, yeah, fucking <laughs> a lot of fun. No, it was, a lot, uh, no, it was really a lot of fun if you really think about it. Lucky. It's also the only uh, uh, well, Disney Plus MCU series that I have watched from beginning to end more than once. So, I mean, I've watched like content. episodes. I've watched episodes of other shows yeah. like multiple okay. times, but like sitting down and just watching from beginning to end, like a committed yeah. rewatch. I think it's the only one. Mm. Yeah. I got. I got to figure out something because when when baby mm-hmm. number two is born. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be taking. I'm gonna be taking some. I'm gonna be taking some time away, and I think I'm gonna rewatch mm-hmm. all of Phase Four. Wow. So I, I, I want to. I want to figure out how that that's gonna work out. But I'm definitely gonna do it, and I'm looking forward. Like Hawkeye was one of my one was one of my uh, favorites. I would have had it higher if not for just yeah. like other stuff that I thought was just generally better. But it was so much fun. We got new characters. We had um, existing characters being brought back. That street level element was there. Had washed oh, agenda the, in it. The most. It was just so yeah, <laughs> so much, so much of it. Oh, it was so so much fun. But uh, but Cecilia, tell me what your favorite. <laughs> yeah, Phase it's Force not Hawkeye. Was. Although I do like that option. The other day, Brent was <laughs> like, "You know what? We really we should rewatch Hawkeye. It's Christmas time." And I was like, "You're right. We should." Yeah, <laughs> I, I I totally. So I do. I actually I really vibe with that. Um, similar to what others have said, um, <clears throat> this one was tough because for me, it's really between three WandaVision, Loki and She-Hulk. Um, and I think yep. it is still Loki for me. Like Loki mm-hmm. just yeah makes it every single time I'm like, is this going to be the one that upsets Loki? And it almost does for a second. And then it wins over. Um, I have a personal attachment in my first semester of um, my PhD program. I wrote one of my papers on that show and mm-hmm. it actually that I think about it a lot um, in reference to mm-hmm. phase four, because I think that Loki actually kind of was setting, was re-theorizing what Marvel movies were going to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was exploring mm-hmm. and or it was introducing kind of the type of mentality that we needed to that we need to have now with these movies and how mm-hmm. you know that's different than what we got beforehand mm-hmm. um i think it did what multiverse of madness said it was going to do yes. um and i think it did it 180 yeah. times better yeah. yes mm-hmm. <laughs> and tom holland's or not tom holland tom hiddleston's acting in that did really take me by surprise in yes. episode one um mm-hmm. so really there was a lot of things stacked against yes. it and it knocked it all out of the park mm-hmm. so it stays up there for me mm-hmm. 
See, we call our show Marvel Cinematic University, yeah. but Cecilia is the one who's actually using the Marvel Cinema <laughs> in university. So, uh, <laughs> yes, one 100%, 100%. No, I think, Cecilia, you make a great point about Loki. I think the one thing that kind of stands out to me for it, and it's why I chose it, was I remember episode one and being shocked at how Hiddleston was able to kind of portray this level mm -hmm. of introspection that Loki could have mm -hmm. as a character. The conversations with Mobius in the first two episodes, just interesting stuff. Mobius kind of like mm -hmm. poking and prodding at him, just trying to see what type of responses that he gives. It's just incredible character work mm -hmm. by both of them. And as the as we meet Sylvie and we, and they have their own thing together over the next couple of episodes, it's just when you think about from beginning to end in a show that doesn't have a lot of action, it's heavy mm -hmm. on the dialogue, heavy on the dialogue. And somehow you're still enthralled. You're still all the way in because of the performances and kind of like the philosophical conversations that all of them are having even he who remains at the end um talking about um you know i'm a you you have the dictator here but i'm here to protect you and what does that mean to you the the illusion of a choice all of those things made you loki made you think and that's even without the whole multiverse time aspect of stuff it made you think about conversations that you would have with regular people so yeah. Uh, that's why I got Loki on mine. Um, honorable mention. And I will say, it pushed. It pushed. It made me think. It made me think a little bit. She-Hulk did make um, yeah. me think a little bit. Just because of my general enjoyment, I thought episode four of <laughs> She-Hulk is an all-timer. That Madison Wong, <laughs> um, so that whole thing... That whole thing was just like, oh, uh, what Donnie mm -hmm. Blaze? That like all of that stuff was incredible, just incredible. Megan the Stallion oh. showing up, um, man, is Daredevil like all of that stuff? And then you even the Kevin stuff, like regardless of how people feel about it, they took chances, they took risks, they took thing, they did things that you kind of wanted to see. TV mm -hmm. do as Jake spoke to earlier. So yeah, I, I give She-Hulk a lot of love. Um, it, it it yeah, definitely made it. She-Hulk made me rethink my rankings, my entire mm -hmm. TV rankings. Uh, that's all. That's what I will say because it was that it was that good and that surprising in the sense of how it kind of um, impacted how I thought about mm -hmm. TV and how it should be done mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So so yeah, that's uh that's the the TV portion of things and. Let's go to favorite film. Favorite film <laughs> of phase four. Uh, Cecilia, I will go right back to you. What is your favorite film of phase four? Well, um, where everybody else has tried to spread the love around, I have not. It is Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. This was not. This was a no-brainer, actually, yep. for me. This is the easiest it's, one for me. Easiest one. It was No Way Same, Home, period. Actually. Nothing else to say. <laughs> it's perfect. Same, same. Uh, uh, Hunter, uh, Hunter, you seem like <laughs> you're, you're 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 a little on the fence over here. I want to hear what you um, have to say. I'm I'm not on the fence. I I think I've come down on my answer, and it's it's not the same as your guys's. Uh, I am gonna have to go with Black Panther: Wakanda Forever 
mm-hmm. for me, which and and to be fair, this was very very close because like I said, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan and I mm-hmm. love Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think if I was going on vibes alone, like just I had a great time in that theater. I think I maybe had the most fun watching Spider-Man No Way Home, if that makes sense. But I don't even think it's recency bias. I think just I've seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever three times now. And I think that all three times I left that theater just so impressed by what I had just seen. Um, I had a I did have a blast watching it. You know, you. I laughed. I cried. I. I thought that it was just so well made from a directorial mm-hmm. standpoint. Uh, from a, from I mean, co- the costuming in that movie, even like I think you break that down to mm-hmm. to any yeah. aspect of it, and I think they hit it out of the park. Um, and I, I think as an overall film, it is just the one that impressed me the most, and it it felt wrong ranking it below. Spider-Man No Way Home, even though I love Spider-Man No Way Home in so many ways. Um, so that's that's my answer. Going with that. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that ranking. The reason why... I think the thing that I've thought about with Wakanda Forever that kind of changes my opinion on it based on um, the No Way Home portion for 1 and 2 is I think Wakanda Forever is such a unique movie. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a movie when I think about it. I don't want to <laughs> rank it. Like it's it feels like this very unique it's incredibly unique under the most complicated and difficult circumstances. And I think Hunter to your point, like this is why I don't have a problem with it being number yeah. one because I think considering everything that was well, happening there the fact that they were able right. to do that particularly was incredibly impressive. I, I guess Go ahead. what you just said is exactly why I, I put a number one. Mm-hmm. Um, in in my defense, I didn't I didn't think of not ranking it as an option. I was like, well, well we have well we're ranking it, so <laughs> yeah. we are, we are. But it's like you know, I, I want to just put it, I want to just put it kind of like this way for context. It's one of those things where. When I left the theater and I and I think about um, like we we write the team ups for mm-hmm. for Murphy's Multiverse or, or whatever and stuff like that, it just feels like this very unique thing that is set apart from everything else. In a lot of ways, it doesn't even feel like an right. MCU film. It's yeah. just right. a film. It's a very that's, that's it's a singularity. It. Like this is like just a completely yes. singular project that also felt like the embodiment of like contingency too because it it had to contend mm-hmm. with so much it does mm-hmm. it does feel sort of separate um yeah yeah um yeah. yeah honestly it's definitely a close number two for me uh i if maybe i'll change my mind over time the big thing for me is i think that if the final mass fight scene was 10% better it would be probably a tie with no way home but that is the thing that i think it's missing and that is the thing that it makes it number two for me but it's still i mean it's still in my top 10 films of the year uh you know not of course of course i obviously don't do my own oscars every year because that would be an insane thing to do but it is gonna get a best picture nomination so it's not like i don't like it but um yeah <laughs> no way home also got a best picture nomination you know yeah, so salute to No Way Home. Like all I'll say on No Way Home is this: 
you just remember the feeling that you had that when you saw that mm. movie for the first time. It's just a pure unbridled joy, just a, a roller coaster of emotions too. Did not expect that movie to be that emotional. Uh, I will what, also you, say for No Way to? Home, and when we were talking about favorite individual scenes earlier, No Way Home has a, mm-hmm. one of the best scenes in MCU history, which is strictly just the lizard offering to Electro to make him better, and Electro being like, you just want to turn me into a lizard, don't you? And yeah. a lizard being like, <laughs> precisely, like, that, <laughs> perfection, that chef's kiss. That it, it balanced humor and uh like tenderness and intensity and tragedy and grief and nostalgia mm-hmm. like the way it managed so many different affects and emotions for you to come out feeling like fulfilled in the end mm-hmm. is what yeah makes it such a like it feels like yeah. a classic it's a crowd pleaser in the best way like it's yeah. not like i mean obviously there's some people who can say it's cynical with some of the stuff it does and maybe but I, yep. I can just say that it felt like everyone in the theater was levitating and <laughs> that is something that like For i've real. seen movies that pander and are not successful at it and don't do it well and you don't feel like you're levitating when that happens when a movie like hits the notes you want to but in a way that is surprising still that's mm-hmm. you know like, I, I think that Wakanda Forever is a much more impressive film, but in terms of just, like, holy shit, man, I just, uh, yeah, I, I can't even describe the way that No Way Home made me feel, um, yeah. except the fact, of course, I have given oh, that yeah. I probably podcasted for seven and a half hours about it since, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's 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 incredible stuff, but since we since we said what our favorite films are, we might as well rank the films, um. Mm-hmm. We 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 pretty much have either our one or two. Uh, Jake, since you have your one and two, you can give me the rest of your list. All right, No Way Home, Wakanda Forever, Multiverse of Madness, Shang Chi, Thor: Love and Thunder, Black Widow, Eternals. I have the same list, <laughs> the I'm, same exact see, list. Jake. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that Multiverse of Madness is above Shang Chi, but like, I mean. As uh, as wrong as I was about Eternals, I feel like the world multiverse of madness. I'm gonna end up. I'm, I'm just mostly just feeling. I don't care what nobody says. Multiverse of madness is. I, I mostly I mostly That's am just trying to make up for how wrong I was about Eternals. But uh, yeah, I think that that I've rewatched multiverse of madness. That one is really. If you haven't rewatched it, listeners, give it another spin. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it absolutely is. Uh, Hunter, how about you? What 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 you got? Right? Um, I've got. Wakanda Forever, No Way Home, Shang-Chi, Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, Eternals, Black Widow. Mm. Mm. Okay. 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 Interesting little switch up <laughs> at the end there. Um, Cecilia, how about you? I, for whatever reason, had in my head a complete ranking. So it's just going to take me a bit, you know, to get from one to the next as I... I see. All 30 films. Oh, you! Oh, you did! You did all pro. You did all projects. I did. Okay, I, I feel you. Yeah, I feel I'm you. I'm a little scattered. This, this. I'm actually gonna go from bottom to top. Um, so we've got at the bottom. It goes Eternals, Black Widow, do do do, Love and Thunder, which broke my heart to have it so low. Um, Multiverse of Madness, Shang Chi. I'm. Oh no! Multiverse of Madness, Wakanda Forever, Shang Chi, No Way Home. Did I get all of them? I feel like I missed. Yes, them. you did. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> Shang Chi. So wait, Shang Chi is that's, your number 
Three, two? So it goes, um, yeah, Doctor okay, yeah. Strange, Wakanda Forever, No Way Home. Nope. I think you got it right no the first time. <laughs> yeah, you were right the first time. All right. I think, I think. Whew, man, that was a lot of work. That was great. That was a perfect delivery. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's tremendous, tremendous <laughs> stuff. And uh, yeah, while 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 we are here, let's rank the let's rank the shows. I already said my my movie rank same as Jake. Uh, show rank. I'll actually go first here. I got Loki number one. She Hulk took the number two spot ahead of Wandavision. Then after Wandavision, we got Hawkeye, Miss Marvel. Moon Knight, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and What If bringing up the rear. Uh, Jake, how about you? So She-Hulk, Loki, WandaVision, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, Hawkeye, Big Gap, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Two Big Gaps, What If. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry, Hunter. I I have to – I respect that you like it. I am uh, just not a fan. Well, okay. Well, to be fair, like, we'll get to mine in a second. I still have it last on my list. It's not no, like no, I think it's an amazing... Fair. fair. I know. I just didn't... I don't think I, like, despised it in the way a lot of people no, seem to I, really I didn't not necessarily like dis- it. <laughs> I didn't necessarily despise it either, but I also think that that's partially just that, like, I don't understand people who get viscerally angry at movies and tv that much it's just like is it moving pictures and sounds with people talking it's pretty good i yeah. don't know what your problem is <laughs> <laughs> no I, I will i will also say it oh. created great content for us we got the we got the the wahoo mm-hmm. moment from jerome and the uh, the in the killmonger episode <laughs> of what if oh my goodness since we had to cover we decided to cover all of them so we had was. to do remember we had to do the episode where we were all we were replaced with multiverse versions i mean just Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we had uh, we had Shiv, Dalbine, and Steph mm-hmm. take over that one time. Yeah, that man. Yeah, what uh, if was a time? Looking was forward to season two. Definitely a time. <laughs> yeah, the season two mm-hmm. is probably right around the corner. Oh, uh, it, it it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Cecilia, that's right. Well, let's go to Cecilia and her her wicked web of, <laughs> uh, of content ranks. There's only been one right phase now. worth of shows, so we're good here. Um, this one I am going to start <laughs> top to bottom because I think that mm-hmm. my bottom three might upset people. Um, so mm-hmm. I have oh. Loki, <clears throat> She-Hulk, and WandaVision uh, swap out. So really quite interchangeable. But right now I'm going to say She-Hulk and WandaVision. Um, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, okay. Moon Knight, What If, the I Am Groot shorts, and the Falcon and the Winter Oh, Soul. nice. Wow. Okay. I wasn't well, expecting anyone to include those, I'm, but I'm I glad you did. <laughs> I really, really did not like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So. No. I, I, yeah, I think that there are redeeming qualities to it, but it is also one of those things where, like, I can understand having such a bad taste in your mouth with some of it where it's like, fuck that. I don't no, I, I, I definitely, I definitely feel you on that, Cecilia and and Hunter. What, what um, what's your rank? Okay, I'm making this. I had Loki one, but after we talked about it, I'm I'm bumping Hawkeye back up to one because yeah. I love it. So, so I'm doing Hawkeye, hey, Loki, She Hulk, uh, Miss Marvel, WandaVision, Moon Knight, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What if? And I would put the the Groot 
shorts just before Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad at him. I'll just say that. I I'm didn't not think mad about those, but now I felt like I had to add them. <laughs> My kids have made me watch them so. No, not, at, not at all. <laughs> now that I, I will say that I am group that it was it was entertaining. I made sure I at least watched it one time, mm-hmm. and and I was entertained. My Josiah did ask mm-hmm. about the I am group shorts provided yeah, my my greatest review of of anything ever, which is when I I wrote a full review using only the words I am Groot. Yeah, and then published, I published a translated version later, mm-hmm. but I did have fun with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, man, that's the way. That's the way you got to do it for sure, for sure. And and um, just a couple of things before we we wind this puppy down. Um, a word on the special presentations because we got two of those this year. It seems like this is going to be something that's going to be a factor um, in the MCU going forward. Uh, I will say werewolf by night just pleasantly surprised um really enjoyed it i thought it was so wonderful and uh the the guardians of the galaxy holiday special i think was again a lot of fun it was great to see the characters again and it got me amped for volume three which we got the trailer for and it seems like it's gonna be a lot of um we're gonna have to we're gonna have to warm up the uh warm up the tier the tier <laughs> machine again because it looks like it's gonna be uh, gonna be a lot of crying once more as this movie is built up to to be emotional. But I wanted to get everybody's thoughts about the special presentations overall. Um, Cecilia, I'll start with you since uh, we've actually had Jake and Hunter kind of weigh weigh in on them on the show before. But Cecilia, give me your thoughts on what you thought about the the special yeah, presentation. I like that so far they're doing this seasonal holiday thing um and i really like that because i think that that's what lets them be kind of just like a subtle fixture um every year now probably when it comes to halloween we'll probably watch werewolf by night at some point and every year now when it comes to christmas probably gonna watch the, the guardians holiday special so i like that and i also like and this is actually how I really feel about the um, phase four overall. And I think, Hunter, you were talking about this on another episode recently, where I feel like in these holidays or in these um, special presentations, like with the rest of this phase, they're able to experiment a lot with form mm-hmm. and with genre. And where I think a lot of people felt like this whole phase fell flat, what I appreciated was them taking risks, a lot of risks, doing things that could potentially like alienate um, their viewership to try new things. And I think that overall it really paid off and the special press uh, presentations demonstrate, uh, demonstrate how to do kind of those plays with form and genre really, really well. So I've, I just have liked them. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And Jake. Uh, yeah. What, I, I mean, I said before, and uh, I, it's basically what Cecilia said, just a place to experiment and not have as high stakes. Um, I just want to see, I want them to do as many, like if it allows them to do more interesting things then I want them to keep going for it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, budget, I mean, you? it's pretty much the same as everyone else is saying. You you guys had me on for both of the both of them, which was great and fun. Not so intentional, but just so happened. 
But it just so happens, um, Jay, Jay making very clear that I shouldn't expect to come no, back. No, no, my point no, is, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kidding. I saw, I saw the joke and I, I went. For it. I understand. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, I did. I really like them. And like uh, Cecilia and Jake both said, I love that they're experimental. Um, I love a good theme. Like, I mm. love the idea that they're like, we're going to do a project set in the MCU, but the theme is universal horror classics and we're yeah. going to do that. And like, that's really fun. And I like that they are thinking we're going to do a Drax Mantis Guardians spinoff essentially, but the theme is, is holidays and Christmas and we're going to really like embrace the musicality of that and the, the childlike nature of that. And it's going to be really fun. Um, and I hope that if they continue doing special presentations that they don't overdo them, which I've also said before, and I hope that they're able to maintain the specialness of them and maintain the like thematic element of that. Um, so that's, that's what I have to say there. Yeah, and also I will add in addition to that. I just want to see more. Tech. Of course, we good. He's good, and he's my friend. We good. Exactly, exactly. And we got a voicemail got a on this topic, which is why I want to bring it thing... Yeah. So this is from Summer. Oh, hit it! And hit, hit, hit the hit for it. the listeners, you're going to hear it in good quality. But because I'm dumb and forgot how to get this through Zencaster, I'm just going to play it off my laptop for them. So tell me if you can hear it. Hey guys, this is Summer. Uh, I just wanted to speak on the special presentations. They are two for two for me. I think it's such a great way to bring a story into the universe without the normal immediate pressures of like, where does it all fit in? Um, Werewolf by Night, it was really a refreshing treat. Um, it was camp in the best way. Uh, I love that it was committed to the genre in all aspects, really, and that it was it was sincere despite how easily it could have been satirical and nothing but like winks and nods to the camera. Um, Guardians Christmas, it really brought me back to how the first Guardians film made me feel about the gang. Um, it was super fun uh, and exactly what it needed to be. And I absolutely loved uh, that Mantis got to shine. I wasn't familiar with Palm prior to Guardians. And then she was in that Black Mirror episode um, with Anthony Mackie, actually. And I was like, she does fight scenes awesome. Like, why are they not doing more with Mantis? And so I am very happy to see that that's been rectified. Um, as far as any future presentations, I would love to see more characters introduced this way. But um, also as the new teams that seem to be forming um, as they mesh, I am all in for nonsense <laughs> like if they gave us thanksgiving with the thunderbolts i would be sold because like yelena would try to make the mac and cheese and bucky with like his newfound experience in southern food would criticize to no end uh and then they would fight and i would like to see it um so i am 100 percent in for more specials thanks guys oh that's so good <laughs> yeah Wow, that was summer. absolutely tremendous. A new, a new patron, Absolute a new kind of yes. member of the community, and that honestly, is awesome. Welcome. First, at, first at bat home run, great stuff. Oh my yeah, gosh, Thunderbolts Thanksgiving! I'm not gonna yes. ever stop thinking about that. I would also Perfect. just like to say this is my first time being a part of something where we had like a caller, and we all like you guys can't see because you just hear our voices, but we all just listen with a smile on our face and like nod. Well, like an outside person gives their opinion on something, and I just want to say that made me. So happy. So, Summer, yeah. great idea. 
great experience overall, I think, for the people here. Yes. That was I will say we didn't get we only got two voicemails. So we- and I understand that people don't want to send in their voicemails because they don't want to talk or whatever. Uh but I think it's a great thing to do. And if you are able to and it, it, it can be something stupid, it doesn't have to be long. Um it's we love doing it. And uh it's yeah, so I mean, fun. My goal in life is to be popular enough where we can have just a I would love to do just a call in show, like a live call in show. Yes. That makes me so happy. Um but yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. And yeah, we're gonna he, get he left a voicemail for everything that is course, incredible. We always <laughs> got to We always got to get to Spring Thor, but I do want to get everybody's final thoughts on Phase Four as we close this out. And um, I'll just say this personally, as uh, someone who's kind mm-hmm. of defended Phase Four a lot, as I think about it now. It, it it really is the dawning of a new era in in Marvel and the MCU. We're telling stories with you know younger younger versions of of the characters. Uh, we are becoming more diverse, telling stories of oppression. I think of the the partition story in Miss mm-hmm. Marvel. Who would have thought that something like Disney would do something like that? Um, they don't always they don't always hit. I think there were there were some definitely some lows. I think I think Love and Thunder, a lot of people were expecting a lot more from that movie and it really disappointed them. I think some people were even disappointed by Multiverse of Madness. Obviously this show doesn't really agree with that, but listen, you got to take into account what people are saying, so that's a part of it too. I think them the model of the way that they released content over the last 2 years, I think was an adjustment for everybody. And it was an adjustment for us, too, in the way that we kind of view the content. But I do think overall, looking back on it and doing this show where we talk about some of our favorite stuff, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of good. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of good. More good than I think you would have originally thought when you kind of see a a, a straight comment here and there. Oh, MCU Phase 4, it sucks. Eh, I I don't know if it really did. I don't think it did at all. So um, I will I will throw it to Cecilia first. What overall thoughts on Phase yeah, Four? Yeah, well, we close because it out? I misunderstood and I ranked mm-hmm. all thirty films. Um, I noticed <laughs> that a lot of like Phase Two mm-hmm. was a lot closer to the bottom um, for me. Phase Four actually did pretty well in my overall mm-hmm. uh, rankings and. The experimental stuff, like we talked about, the the form and genre, and I think it also just kind of speaks to a larger like cultural shift in what is interesting to people, um, and that yes. is kind of these multiversal sorts of narratives mm-hmm. where, like, okay, what if we just what if first of all, and then like, what if we just let our imagination <laughs> go? What if mm-hmm. we take this and put it in this form what happens if we take this shape and play with it here and so there's this big explosion of play and imagination that i think kind of speaks to a deeper need in culture overall um society overall that i am really interested to see play out moving forward yeah no i I think that's all well said yeah, and especially when you think about the diversity aspect, um, it's good to see 
more of that <laughs> happening in different cultures and it allows us to have different mm-hmm. conversations and learn more. I think one of the things I'll say doing this show, Miss Marvel, it was cool to get to know different people of different cultures and kind of understand like mm-hmm. what this meant to them because it really meant a lot to 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 people. So learning about that has been really rewarding and gratifying about uh, doing this show. Uh, Hunter, how about you? Like, yeah, I... Uh... I remember before Endgame came out and Kevin Feige and everyone involved in those first three phases you would say stuff all the time like, this is not the end of the MCU, but it's the end of the MCU as you know it. And I had no idea what they meant by that. I was like, in my brain, I thought, yeah, you say that and you say things like that because you want people to go see this movie as a finale and treat it like a finale. But the MCU is just going to keep going afterwards. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Um, and it turns out he was totally right. Because everything since Endgame has felt Mm. like the MCU, but also just a little different. And I think, I've said it a million times, I've said it on here before, but I think that Phase 4 is exciting because for the first time, it it doesn't feel like there's one plotline happening that's all servicing like one grand finale in the way that those first few phases all felt like different chapters in the same story. It feels like we have this really full fleshed out live action comic book universe and AC, you and I have talked about this so many times and I love when we talk about it. You know, you have like a street level storyline, you have a Mm. cosmic storyline, you have government storylines, you have the multiverse and magic storylines. And it's so cool to me, Cecilia, I love the, you know, the use of like diversity and like diversity in storytelling and everything feels so unique and cool and not all of it hits, but I also kind of like I mean, I don't like when something doesn't hit, but I like that we're in this cool storytelling phase where we're trying all of these different things and not all of it is going to land, but they don't feel afraid to tell a story that might not land. Mm-hmm. And I like I like that. Like, I yeah. like that it doesn't feel as, as safe and predictable as, as it once did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hope that that is something that continues going forward. And, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I, I agree that, you know, I've seen a lot of hate for it everywhere but honestly i i don't i don't feel that even the stuff that didn't land for me i still thoroughly enjoyed experiencing it in some way and i i'm just i don't know i'm I'm excited for more those are my thoughts yep no i couldn't agree with you more uh jake you could give your thoughts uh, and my, then my thought, and I've gone through this through. a bunch. We've been on other podcasts and I, I get asking, getting asked about like, you know, is there Marvel fatigue with phase four or whatever? And I kind of, at this point, my whole thing is just like, I'm not going to answer for a feeling that I don't have. Like either the phase four had stuff that wasn't as good as other stuff, but I enjoyed watching mm-hmm. the whole time because I am a fan of the MCU. And, and so like, I enjoyed more of the stuff than I didn't. The stuff I didn't enjoy, there was stuff that was good to find about it. And so like, if it was not for discourse, I might have my reaction might have been, eh, Phase Four had some stinkers, but I still enjoyed it a lot. Like it wouldn't be I don't even think if it were not for the internet, it would I would not even be in a position of asking myself whether Phase Four was bad. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't yeah. like it was something I it was never something I felt viscerally. So ultimately my thought on Phase Four is that mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And more than that is something that like it becomes metatextual and about how we experienced stuff on the internet, yada yada yada. And that's not what the question is. So I enjoyed it. 
and now throwing it over to his segment, which I'm not going to say because it sound like I'm making a joke, but it's what he calls it. Michael Springthorpe with his thoughts. Hey, Marvel Cinematic University, long time, long time. This is Michael Springthorpe coming at you live with the homosexual opinion. Um, these are my phase four awards. So uh, my favorite phase four movie is uh, Wakanda Forever. Uh, maybe recency bias. I don't know. My uh, favorite Phase 4 series is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, my favorite newcomer is Val. Uh, my favorite scene is uh, Val's introduction and intimidation of John Walker. My biggest disappointment uh, with Phase 4 was that they were constantly edging me with Val, just not nearly enough. Um, my favorite action scene is the unaired scene where a poor hairdresser has to bleach and then dye purple one lock of Val's hair without messing up anything else. Uh, my favorite post credit scene is uh, the one from Black Widow with Val. Um, word on the special presentations. Um, I liked them enough, but, you know, there wasn't any Val in them. So, um, you know, not perfect. Uh, my movie ranking from um, uh, bottom up is um, Black Widow, uh, Eternals, Multiverse of Madness, Shang-Chi, Thor Love and Thunder, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Spider-Man No Way Home, the post credit scene in Black Widow, and then at the top, it's Val's scenes in Wakanda Forever. Then my show ranking, bottom up, it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, What If, Moon Knight, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, WandaVision, She-Hulk, Loki, and then Val's scene in Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the top. Oh, and then uh, my favorite performance from an individual character is definitely Karoon. <laughs> That was a really good ending. I I would also like to say from this, and I never forgot this, Michael Springthorpe. I came on this show and talked about, I pitched a theory, and this is before we knew General Ross was coming back, that Val would become Red She-Hulk in the MCU, which I still don't find impossible. And Springthorpe messaged me days later, separately from everything, like all caps, that... If Val became mm-hmm. Red She Hulk, he would kiss me on the mouth, and that is <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was, I, I just wanted to. Was, I wanted to share that. I don't yeah, know. I, there's no right. other way to describe it, but that was just a great message, yeah. uh, and I think that that is the best way to wrap it up. There's a real commitment to a bit. Uh, it, it's one of those classic bits oh that's funny, God. and then it's not funny, and then it goes on for so long, it's funny again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh my God, Springthorpe, you're too much, man. Um, this was this was a lot of fun to do. Appreciate you guys for joining us, both mm-hmm. Cecilia and Hunter. Um, salute to Dalby who couldn't be with us tonight, but a lot of love to you, brother. Uh, we will catch you on the flip side. But um, Hunter, yes, you uh, appreciate you once again. Where can we follow um, you? Where can we find you? All work, of my, my social media is H for DC fourteen. That is H. My last name, R-A-D-E-S-I, and then the number 14. I post, I advertise pretty much everything I do there. So interviews, articles, reviews, the whole nine yards. If you follow me there, you'll you'll see my work. Um, I, I'm doing a lot of it right now. So please follow, comment, like, subscribe, whole everything. Do it, do it all. Um, I would love for people to see, see what I'm up to, so. Yeah, man, he's got instant reactions. He saw Avatar. He, he gave the did, reactions yeah. on YouTube. Check him, check him out. I know a lot of people are excited for that. Big so, Jim. 
Check out what again. Doing. I, I saw a tweet yesterday that was Springfield sent me a tweet. <laughs> he sent me a tweet that was uh, the Avatar train is full. If you were doubting, now that the reviews you can't get on. If you had the temerity to doubt James Cameron, and no, you, you're not allowed. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm mostly excited just because the, I saw someone being like, yes. James Cameron's going to be so pissed when Morbius outgrosses it. It's going to outgross Morbius in a day. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my my alternative my I had a nice like oh my God. you know it reaction yeah. graphic put up and that's on the mm. Murphy's Multiverse Twitter. The one that I tried to get them to do but they wouldn't do was simply the sentence this movie is going to make a lot of money. <laughs> I just wanted that to be my review. And yeah, it's going to outgross Morbius in an hour. Let's be real yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, uh, great stuff, Hunter, as always. Uh, mm-hmm. Cecilia, thanks for coming back. Second time on the show. Another another great job. Appreciate you for coming um, out. Where can we follow you? I am on Twitter at Cecilia, C-E-C-E-L-I-A-M Stokes 1, and then at Cecilia M. Stokes on Instagram. I'm a lot more active on Instagram because yes. I have kids. They so. are incredibly, her children are incredibly <laughs> adorable. And uh, there's just, I mean, there's just a great follow. Uh, shouts to you and your family. Always yeah, providing good content. We're trying our best over yes. here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Cecilia. And that other voice, Jay Christie. You can follow me on Twitter, at the Jay Christie. Follow me on Instagram, which I don't use because I don't have cute kids. Uh, <laughs> Jake T. Christie. <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter at AnthonyCanton underscore three. Follow me on... Uh, oh, you said wait, Twitter. Did I say Twitter, Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. I can't even remember. Watch Agenda. It's... Yeah, <laughs> past, I'm telling you, past my bedtime. I'm telling you, man. IG, PoetAC9586. Follow the show on Twitter at MCUniversityPod. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash MCUniversityPod, where you can get all of our bonus content, mm-hmm. get into the Discord, have fun conversations with us. And yes, we have um, we have another Fast and the Furious uh, review coming up. Should be on deck very soon. Also, the subscriber mm-hmm. mailbag, which has been a treat, and we got to get those questions going for December. Mm-hmm. And also, the show that debuted last mm-hmm. week, uh, Good Beef, where I talk to all the patrons mm-hmm. about whatever they want to talk about. Not, a, not a, nothing to do with me. Whatever they want to talk about, I will mm-hmm. just follow along on the ride. Uh, along with what they want to talk about so also make sure on that apple or that spotify you rate five star five star five star and leave a leave a kind review if you if, if you could please and uh yeah appreciate everybody for listening appreciate everybody for supporting for hunter radici for cecilia stokes and for jay christie i'm anthony canton the third this has been marvel cinematic university and we will talk to you next time <laughs>